the danger is the way that the medium controls the message. And so if it's simply a sounding board, if it's used as a megaphone, mm -hmm. a soapbox that you're going to say whatever you're going to say, regardless of how it's received, liked or whatever, right. um, then then it's a simply it's a platform. Mm -hmm. But that's not the ecosystem that it is, because Facebook has already curates what it wants to popularize. Right. And so if the goal then is to be heard by as many people as possible, which is that great commission push, mm -hmm. that that pragmatism yeah. that underlies, then I have to make my message conducive to Facebook's sensibilities. Welcome to this week's Bible Nation podcast. I'm Doug Levesque. Joining me are two friends, Michigan's top cultural influencers, Mr. Tony Nash of AZ Business Solutions in Owasso, Michigan, specialist in all form of advertising and promotion. Tony, good to have you. Yep. And Pastor Jason Georges of the Emmanuel Baptist Church of Corona, Michigan, one of the most active movers of societal thought today in Michigan and elsewhere. We're so glad to have both you guys. Thanks for being here with us in our podcast. You add wonderful color and information. I'm glad to have you. Uh, we're here to discuss today social media and, you know, the pros and the cons. It is a battle for the souls of men. It's an arena today. And um, the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven and it works. So how does this thing affect culture? What does the Bible have to say about it? Folks, check out all our uh, today's topics, articles, books, and of course our podcast on BibleNation.org. Well, all right, let's start with uh, an article that I wrote in the book Transformation. We've shared some articles in that in the past, and, um, and Transformation is a book uh, that's on our website uh, about how our culture is dying and getting dark. Journey to darkness. Yes, a journey to darkness. And one of the things I talk about in the culture war right away is social media and Facebook. So this is a short article. I'll start reading. And we have some articles, and then you guys just kick in uh, whenever you want. Um, while the defined culture war continues, it is growing ever more nasty, and the consequences are reverberating past the church, past the home, and into every individual person's psyche. It is harder today to shield oneself or one's family from the vileness of the fight for American society. With the rapid progress and widespread use of the individual smartphone, powerful words, images, and media are pervasive. Around-the-clock targeting of children and teen interests put nuanced rhetoric from warring parties in front of the moldable, moldable minds of future generations. Competing voices pound the digital appetites of millions of handheld devices, persuading the masses of cultural do's and don'ts, redefining cultural taboos and frontiers. If governance and law sit upon the culture, and culture rests upon religion, and the most powerful pulpits ever created are Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Mm. They are the new tools with which to rule, govern, and influence. Compared to 30 years ago, the culture war battlefields of today are more formidable and more rapidly affected. And I just know this yeah. was written in 2016, right? Yes. <laughs> so this is brilliant. I mean, this is five years ago now. You, you know, I, uh, I, was, I was in the pastoral ministry for five years. Before I started a church, 1995, I started a church. That was the year Google started. I mean, I started a church with um, mimeographed flyers. 
you know, mailers, <laughs> knocking on doors, you know, calling on real wired phones to the wall. That's, um, we, we didn't have... Ads in the yellow pages. Yeah, we didn't have really even the whole easy email. We had AOL, mm-hmm. you know, America That's Online. Cool. It was, was slow. You know, you couldn't really... Commu- it, wasn't, it wasn't something that was a mo- useful tool then. Um, but just in my professional lifetime, uh, these things have developed so that in any business, whether even if you're a pastor, uh, these are, can be some wonderful communicative tools, and that's what's always held out there. You know, it's, it's the fruit that's dangling. Oh, this is a wonderful tool. Right. But reality, when you bite into it, there's a whole lot of repercussions. Uh, Pastor George just uh, kind of uh, showed me an, an article New York Times had printed about Facebook and how that it was trying to engage and influence the religious realm. Pastor Jay, tell us a little bit about that article and what you think. Yeah, yeah, New York Times article just I think just came out the other couple of days ago. Facebook wants you to connect with God but on Facebook. Right. And so they've <laughs> 2017 they began this initiative. Company aims to become the virtual home of religious community and wants churches, mosques, synagogues, and others to embed their religious life into its platforms from hosting worship services and socializing more casually to soliciting money. It is developing a new product, including audio and prayer sharing mm. aimed at faith groups. And so... It, it sounds benign. It sounds like a useful tool. But the reality is it's taking you from the good book, the Bible, to the Facebook, which is just really a regurgitation of yourself back at you. Rather than God as the man and the word in the book, it's you yourself become a God in the word in the book. Well, and, and so Sandberg, the president of, you know, the CEO yeah. of Facebook, yeah. um, or who's, yeah, I think the operating Zuckerberg? officer. Yeah. Oh, Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sandberg, yeah. Okay. Faith organizations and social media are a natural fit because fundamentally both are about connections. <laughs> and so, but. but fundamentally, the, they're both about connections. But the, the, miss, the miss on that is she's saying religion is about connection with other people. Right. This is why faith traditions draw people together, but but Bible faith is about connection with God. Right. right. Not and then the connection with others is the fruit, is the byproduct of our connection with God. And our it's hope- such a lie because you can have five hundred friends and think that you're this thing and you have, and yet you're you're so empty. You're, right. You're still in a lost mm-hmm. condition. It doesn't really satisfy you. Yeah. You have no end. real connection. It's such a lie. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so our hope is that one day people will host religious services and virtual reality spaces as well and use augmented reality as an educational tool to teach their children the story of their faith. Corpor- and it, so, so basically this is the proposition, the idea, the, the, the bait that is put out there for churches, particularly evangelical churches, is evangelical churches are great commission-minded yeah. So there's always this idea of reaching out audience, yeah. getting the gospel to more people. And so that's the carrot that's being dangled in yeah. front. Um, but at what cost and at, and what are we in order to operate in that environment? What are we having to redefine? Yeah. What are we well, having to let go? Go and tell becomes stay and click. Right. And, and it's it's a that's not the same thing. And we control the information. Right. Facebook then has full control yeah. of if that's getting out or if it's not. <laughs> right. So, so right. yeah. So there's there's a lot of things to be worried about here. Yeah. Let me let me give you this one last quote from the article, and this will give us some more conversation. She says this: Corporations are not worried about moral codes. Yes. She said, yeah. "I don't think we know yet all the ways in which this marriage 
between big tech and the church will play out. Right. So, <laughs> but, so, but the church is swallowing it wholesale. It's swallowing it wholesale. And then Tony brings, and from his experience in social media, by adding the filter or the, I'm going to use a biblical word here, the mediator between the word of God and those that are receiving the word of God, Facebook becomes the mediator. Right. They become that filter right, in between. Right. And is it all getting through? Yeah. Is it, and so, you know, so Paul says, or God tells, Jesus tells the disciples, go ye. Yeah. You go, yeah. take my word, and you tell somebody yeah. face to face, right? Because there's no filter, right? And G- and and, the, and uh, Paul says there's one mediator, right, between right. God and man, the man right. Christ Jesus. So, um, Tony, have you seen a religious fervor around social media? Is any you know because you're you're using it properly in a business realm as a tool, but do you see it taking another, well, especially in relation to this article? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's become people's identity. They've become so wrapped up to and I'm not talking, for the individual user, you know, they've become relevant or irrelevant through social media. Mm. That's what their whole identity is wrapped up in. And so now their whole life is based on likes, follows, shares. Mm-hmm. And if they get a lot, they feel significant. And if they don't, they feel insignificant. Yeah. It leads to depression. It leads to over inflation of self and ego, all of those things. So there's certainly that. And then in the business world, I mean, I remember when I first started my company six years ago, trying to convince businesses to put a listing for their business on Facebook. And it was a hard sell at the beginning. It was free. Everybody then realized, wow, Facebook is a good tool I could use for my business. Mm -hmm. And so then people started getting on board. And now every business has a Facebook page. If you're not on Facebook, you almost don't exist in some people's minds. I mean, if you Google any business, their Facebook listing will come up before their actual website. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, Facebook has made themselves relevant in the business world. And so you have to have it essentially to be found. But now what they've done is they have now said, now that you're relying on Facebook. So they allowed businesses for years to experience this growth. Wow, I'm getting all these new customers for free. I'm posting this stuff and Mm -hmm. hundreds of people are seeing it. And then what they did is said, now if you want to get that same reach, now that this has become essential to your business, we're going to now charge you to put the stuff out. And before we agree to put it out, we're going to make sure it fits our community right. guidelines and so our standard of they're, what's... They're going to try to do with religion what they've done with business. 100%. So, so it's, it's now been a good business tool, but in, in essence, it's almost shaped and molded and curtailed right. certain aspects of business. Just so the like, program is if... As, as businesses became reliant upon it, if churches then become reliant upon Facebook for their growth, yeah. mm-hmm. and now they need you, and now you have no other evangelistic yeah. plan to reach people other than Facebook, right. then now you have to need Facebook and pay Facebook, yeah. and they control what you put out and what you don't. Yeah. And, that's, and the coronavirus really helped that, right? right? Because you 100%. can't go anywhere without a mask, but you can do this online without a mask. And, Some would say yeah. it's all part of the big agenda. Yeah. Well, the, the, the pandemic exposed this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it exposed the church's reception like one in one in it i mean so all the way to the point where you remember really at the beginning of the pandemic and where 80 percent of people were congregations were virtual right i mean no in person right. whatsoever okay right. whatever that number and then even the conservative preachers were having to justify it hey we can do church online well no you can't right we can be the church online no you can't right well at least not the way the bible describes what the church is right and so it was pseudo uh, in that idea, but there was there was there was an inner soul understanding of this isn't right, but I have to explain it somehow. Right, and they're struggling with it. A misunderstanding yeah. of of where of their 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 and so what yeah. what Facebook is really going to be able to grab a hold of is churches mis 
identification of their own selves. Right. They they don't know what they are. Yeah. Therefore, some they're going to allow someone else to tell them or give them a vision for what they could be or ought to be. Jesus said, "Where two or three are gathered together in my name, that that really has always meant in a place together. That yeah. the Spirit was there and moving, and that's hard to worship and sing. Yeah. You know, if you're on Facebook, you, you can't get baptized. You can, you can click, but you can't take physically your offering and Forsake give it. not you the assembling of yourselves together. You can't extend a right hand of fellowship to people that. So, right. you know, the Christian construct and worship in the local church was all constructed not for a virtual digital concept. So the virtual digital thing might help." But we can't relegate it to Facebook because we know what they'll do with it. They're not going to be responsible with it. Well, I mean, I've witnessed uh, Facebook accounts, whether they be activist groups, whether they be religious organizations, I've seen them not only shadow banned, which means they just limit the reach. Yeah, right. I've seen them restricted. I've seen them get uh, um, suspended, but I've seen them completely get taken off of Facebook with right. no real explanation. It just goes against our community guidelines. Right. So for a church... Um, you know, where you should be cautious is that, you know, should a church use Facebook as a tool to make their sermons available for people who aren't able to be there on a, any given Sunday right. to watch it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tool that's there to use. Yeah. But if you're relying upon that to disseminate the message of the gospel, yeah. Facebook can and will, and they are limiting what they're letting people say. Yeah. They're, and they're changing if, then the gospel. If you too. preach a sermon that goes against their community guidelines yeah. or gets reported, They'll just take it off. They could right. they could choose one business over another business. A hundred percent. They can they do, do that all with the time. politics as well because the politician starts to curb their message to try to meet the public, and they're thinking they can do that with preachers as well. And I guess what we've just experienced is, is that that could happen to some extent. Well, well let me just say this, yeah. and I know this isn't a hundred percent relevant to uh, churches, mm -hmm. but as an organization, we manage almost a hundred social media accounts. Yeah. And this past year, we've uh, we've come into a relationship with Stand Up Michigan. Right. Which is a political Pseudo political activist, yeah. Say a lot of you know controversial sure. things. Uh, they've had three large Facebook pages and groups just get completely eliminated. Yeah. A four hundred thousand member group, two one hundred thousand member groups, and an yeah. eighty thousand just taken right. down. And because of my association with that, because their page was created at this IP address, we have seen an almost 60% drop in engagement in all of our social media accounts, even the businesses. Right. In, since, since my involvement with them, and we have the data to show it, we're actually yeah. trying to get, as an organization, involved with this uh, lawsuit that President Trump started against yeah. the big tech because they're yeah. looking for lots of plaintiffs. Yeah. But we have and seen. That's, and that's required. We live in a society that's required. It's allowed. Get a lawyer. Take it to court. Beat them back. Well, Facebook's determined yeah. that misinformation is coming from this IP address. And right. so they are then censoring everything, everything that comes out of here. And we've right. even tried to get our IP address changed and hasn't been able to yet. But yeah. so that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, if you can limit. What, well, they, if they can do that with politics, they can do that with religion. And that's what they want to and do. And that's are. where they're going. So and they are. power isn't just wealth. Power. I mean, uh, wealth is power. And so, I, you know, that's it's, it's a godlike thing. Let me continue with this. Cultural contents, contests used to be held on campus commons and in newspaper opinion pages. These avenues of battle were slow moving and able to be controlled or countered. But today's social media is the new sounding board where hundreds of millions of young and old alike seek information, inspiration, and encouragement. It is an identity shaping weapon where adolescent status is confirmed. Collegiate sense of acceptance is determined and young professionals turn for direction and counsel for their future. For new parents, Facebook is often a greater moral compass than the Bible 
and for new political idealists, it is where they garner courage. Preachers like to say that you either pray to Google and Facebook or you put your face and faith in the holy book, the Bible. Facebook deifies the face of oneself, offering the potential to create oneself in the cloud of universal likes. The Bible deifies Jesus Christ and warns not to take the forbidden fruit that Satan offered with the false premise that ye shall be as gods. That original garden battlefield is now an ethereal one, giving every user a power to preach or share their self-centered message. So it's, it's almost, there is a religious aspect to social media from the beginning. And so this is almost the natural uh, curve of, you know, where that would go. Um, I have an article here from Inc. Magazine. Amazon and Facebook are the most evil tech companies, according to experts. Google isn't far behind. And, um, and, and I guess Slate Magazine ranked the big tech companies on how evil they really are. <laughs> Amen. Beyond um, having, you know, just a bad reputation, uh, something of that matter. And so this... Um, more and more, even though people are using it, even you know, non-religious, non-Christian, whatever, people in business, in politics, even in, in their social ideas are saying, this is, this is evil, this is controlling over me. What do I do? What is my, what is my recourse? So I think, I think our conversation you know, is timely um, well, in that regard. Facebook is certainly evil. Um, and you know, it's no longer, it, it can argue, it never was social, really. Right. The place for people to go and meet up. And, and really, it's, it's public information on the Facebook is the largest data mining company in the world. Yeah. Facebook has over 5,000. I said earlier 500. It's actually more than 5,000 points of data on every single user mm-hmm. based on where you shop, what you do online, that digital footprint. Even if you're not super active online, but you've come across Facebook, you've created a profile. They have determined who you are, what you are. So what are they using that information for? Yeah. Well, now information, even these articles talk about where they're sharing this information with the big parties, with the government. Right. So they're no longer really a private company. Yeah. They're, they're a public, or they are a government-funded, yeah. in many cases, sharing this information. So the evil behind that, right. having all that information to determine what you are. So if you're a user, you just need to be cautious and aware of right. what this is and what it's giving and, and what you're giving out. And it's, it's interesting, even the, you know, you mentioned this part about people's identity, that somebody who is popular on Facebook, they're called influencers. Right. And so really that's what Facebook has become, is a place to influence the minds, the thoughts of people, influence what you think, influence what you say, influence mm-hmm. where you go. Mm-hmm. It's cool on social media. It's what you should be doing. And yeah. so that's really influencing and shaping the minds of people. That's what the Bible is supposed to do. Yeah, Pastor so, Jay, we, you always used to say, what would Jesus do? You know, I, I, if Paul were alive doing his ministry, would he use a jumbo jet, the internet? I mean, would Jesus use Facebook? You know what I mean? He, he came at a point in time where that technology did not exist. You know, he had to walk. Mm-hmm. Jesus walked. He walked on water. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need, need it, but what would he do? And, and so we've come to a technological conundrum, particularly in regards to how this is now affecting religion. What do you think? Well, it, well, and then what the, the danger is the way that the medium controls the message. And mm-hmm. so if it's simply a sounding board, if it's used as a megaphone, mm-hmm. a, a soapbox that you're going to say whatever you're going to say, regardless of how it's received, liked or whatever, right. um, then, then it's a simply it's a platform. Mm-hmm. But that's not the ecosystem that it is because Facebook has already 
curates what it wants to popularize. And so if the goal then is to be heard by as many people as possible, which is that great commission push, Mm -hmm. that that pragmatism that underlies, then I have to make my message conducive to Facebook's sensibilities. Right. And therefore, so it... It's going to limit what I think about things. It it limits what I say. I mean, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that it has entered into the consciousness of the pulpit. Now that a lot of pulpits mm-hmm. are being broadcast on Facebook, be careful what you say, it's on Facebook. Right. And once that thought has entered into the yeah. consciousness, now the pulpit is beholden to an entity or an authority right. that it should not be beholden to. Yeah, what, what we would call um, you know, political think, um, political expediency or whatever, it enters then the social realm, the business realm, the political realm, um, as well. And so it's, it's neat, it's powerful, it's useful, and yet it's pervasive. So man's evil, you know, man's going to take every new technology and turn it into the next pornography usage thing. And I'm sorry. And and I'm saying, you know, and so the Bible says that, you know, God looks down and, and, you know, the imaginations of man are only evil continually. Think about all that's flowing through everyone's smartphone brain. It's just constantly out there in the ether. And God must just look down. It must just be horrible. Just, just selfish, you know, just self-centered. It's all there. And now the darkness of religion, it's Babel-like, right? We're going to make us a name and a city, and we're going to reach God on our own terms. And that just seems kind of where we're, where man is, but every new technology, he climbs that mountain. So yeah, Facebook and Zuckerberg, you know, are just a representation of all the men, humanity that use this thing. And why, and what do they use it? They're just expanding, you know, sinful man in it as well but it's never been this powerful yeah and pervasive it's it's, it's never been yeah yeah Yeah. they've made it incredibly addictive that what their algorithms do so i know you're not an avid facebook user you have an account but uh, as you scroll down facebook the things that you see if you notice they're not in order by date it's not like well he posted this an hour ago so i'm going to see that first it's random this was a week ago this was yesterday this was you know what Facebook's algorithms do based on that data they have on you is they want to put in front of you your newsfeed, it's called. Mm-hmm. They want to put in front of your newsfeed the things that they have determined are most interesting to you. So that as you're scrolling, yeah. you're slowing down, you're looking, and you stay on it for a long period of time right. because it's content that they've curated, yeah. not just for Facebook, right. for you yeah, and, specifically. And Google, YouTube, they'll do the same thing. So when you're doing a query and you're searching for something, say truth, right? and you put anything in there about a person, about a subject, about a topic, it's Facebook, YouTube, uh, Google, they're all giving you what they think they want you to have, which it's creating narcissism you know, 100%. in society. And when you get that in religion, then, then it's everyone's a little it difficult God. for people to turn it off. Yeah. Making it difficult for people to step away. I talked yeah. to a lady yesterday, so she's been off Facebook for six months. She talked about it like she overcame some addiction. Yeah. But she said she feels so much more just... She feels better every yeah. day. Yeah. She's not being filled with all this information, yeah. but they've made it extremely difficult for people to just walk away from it. Yeah. And, you know, that we need powerful. A, we need a religious Facebook fast, you know, yeah. societally. Let me go on. While new technologies have the potential to be used for gospel promotion and affecting the culture for good, increasingly they are used to consolidate power with a keystroke. A grand sort of political correctness has been placed in the hands of Facebook owner Mark Zuckerberg, who has the subtle power of determining social behavior and rhetoric. Small groups and hidden huddles may be created in order to convene outside of public purview or plan secret actions, but gospel work is done tangibly and out in the open. If just a few of the technological elites decide to isolate certain ideas, corral certain speech, 
or bans certain opinions, then boom, a digital block becomes a powerful weapon. Biblical and cultural opinions about homosexuality, social norms, and the nature of God or evil can be elevated or destroyed, shaped or banned in the ocean of ideas that affect the American culture. The Bible voice is marginalized while the approved logarithms of whimsical neo-pagan tides ebb and flow ceaselessly, shaping intellectual contact to Zuckerberg's approval. The culture war seems to be being fought by millions when it is really in the hands of fewer demagogues. And that, that's just scary. It's scary, yeah. Powerful. Another article here by um, uh, by Forbes says Facebook isn't terrible. Is terrible not because it's evil, but because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So it's not saying it's not evil. It's saying it's just terrible outside of the realms of of of, of good and evil. And so you know the business communities, even though that you know that could be neutral, non-Christian, even liberal to some extent, are all kind of saying the same thing. Whoa, they they've been offended by it. They've been touched by it. And it's just absolutely terrible. Um, well, Forbes here says that they're they're terrible because of their involvement in disseminating misinformation. Right. But who determines what's misinformation? Right. They're not using the Bible to right. determine. So if Facebook says it's misinformation, I guess it's misinformation. Right. Right. And people need to be more discerning. I mean, people are propagandized so easily, you know, today. Absolutely. Consider the following headlines after the 2016 presidential election. So Trump won, you know, uh, and shocked everyone. People were crying and weeping that Hillary didn't win. And, and there's a lot say, of people say because of social media. Is and and they're saying, yeah, Facebook. So uh, here's International Business Times. Barack Obama says Facebook's news problem is creating dust cloud of nonsense. Uh, Fortune magazine. Here's why Facebook is partly to blame for the rise of Donald Trump. Uh, the Sun from England, Zuck to the future, Mark Zuckerberg feeling hopeful about America under Donald Trump. Hmm. So when Zuck takes a side, he can twist the logarithm button and somebody wins an election. That's potent. Jasper Hamill's article in the Sun newspaper quotes Zuckerberg in response to the election as saying, quote, I thought about all the work ahead of us to create the world we want for our children. Let me, let me read that again. I thought about all the work ahead of us to create the world we want for our children. So at the time, that work was to create a world for our children that include Donald Trump. But then that changed, right, because it went the other way. Apparently, Zuckerberg perceives his cultural war work is creating a world he wants. He has further quoted, quote, This work is bigger than any presidency, and progress does not move in a straight line. In other words, Democrat-Republican, Democrat-Republican, Biden-Trump, and he's controlling He's controlling that particular things. That sounds like a Luciferian line straight out of the garden with snake-like movement to boot, right? Snakes move like that, don't they? And again, this work, quote, this work will take long-term focus and finding new ways for all of us to work together, sometimes over decades. Isn't that interesting? Finding new ways for all of us to work together. It sounds like coronavirus. Let's find a new way to globally disseminate instant information, true or false, to move things left or right. Crazy. Uh, It became quickly evident whose side the Facebook founder was on, and while that might excite Trump enthusiasts, it should also be a warning to the power of social media and smartphone phenomena in the culture war. If Facebook might push a close presidential race one way or the other, what else might it determine? And this was written again. It was written four or five years ago. Pre the last election. Yes. AKA the last election, and now they're going to conquer religion. They th- they think they have it. We've got politics. We've got the parties. We've got American culture. Now we've got global 
a virus response from businesses, right? Businesses are enforcing what they think is government thought, and sometimes it's just opinion, and it's being disseminated both ways. So, insane. Well, there, there's a study that was done in 2018 showing that they could prove very easily with data that Google influenced at least 2.5 million votes in the 2016 election. Right. Based on which it was that search, close. Yeah. Based on search results, like when people search something, what information comes up to influence how they think about that candidate? Yeah. And he said it would be substantially more in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was and of course Facebook does the exact same thing. And they said, one way or another, Donald Trump's going to be gone. And so whoever's holding that particular lightsaber, you know, speaking of science fiction. And, and Obama, and Obama <laughs> was, is the President force. Obama was the one that made that marriage. Right? He, he was the one that invited the technology heads into his campaign. I yes. mean, at the table. shrewd politician, yep. I mean, uh, to grab for power. Yep. But he's the one that married those two things together. Yeah. So um, the, the last thing I want to mention was this is crazy. Wikipedia, for as good as it is or bad as it is, they actually have a Wikipedia page called Criticism of Facebook. It is 69 pages long. I flipped through it. I didn't print it. But the first Man, page. The manifesto of why we hate Facebook. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, um, of course, you know, everybody hates the president, right? You criticize the president, you criticize the pastor, our church this and our church, whatever. So. You know, let's just, that's why I said it's, yeah, it's Mark Zuckerberg, it's Facebook, but it's man, Yeah. you know, using the, the tool. But listen, listen to this list. The, the list itself is three pages long. The criticism of Facebook, privacy issues, psychological, sociological effects, including Facebook addiction, self-harm and suicide, envy, divorce, stress, narcissism, non-informing, knowledge-eroding medium, <laughs> a non-informing, knowledge-eroding medium, um, tax avoidance, treatment of employees and contractors, moderators. Misleading campaign against competitors, content, intellectual property infringement, violent content, war crimes, pro-anorexia groups, pro-mafia groups, trolling, rape pages, child abuse images, objectification of women, anti-Semitism, incite of violence against Israelis, fake news, incitement of violence in Sri Lanka, the Uyghur genocidal denial, Myanmar abuses, blue tick, Neo-Nazi and white supremacist content, COVID-19 and anti-vaccination content, marketplace illegal Amazon rainforest sales, <laughs> okay? Mm. Technical, real name policy controversy and compromise, deleting user statuses, enabling of harassment, lack of computer support or customer support, downtime and outages, tracking cookies, email address change, safety check bug, end-to-end encryption, censorship, Search functions, censorship of conservative news, censorship of criticism of Israel, competing social networks, content critical of Facebook, image censorship, breastfeeding photos, censorship of editorial content, censorship of Kashmir freedom movement, Kurdish opposition censorship, censorship of blasphemous content, censorship of anti-immigrant speech, third-party response to Facebook, government censorship, organization blocking access, schools blocking access, closed social networks, litigation, terms of use controversy, interoperability and data portability, lawsuits over privacy, better business bureau review, security, rewards for vulnerability reporting, environmental aspects, advertising, click fraud, like fraud, undesired targeting, um, facilitation of housing discrimination, fake accounts, user interface, upgrades, net neutrality, free basics, controversy in India, treatment of potential competitors, and the list goes on. Goes on. <laughs> so it's the Wild West, yeah. and they're just standing there 
shooting the blazes out of everybody. Well, so we'll go back to Stand Up Michigan because yeah. yeah. they've experienced this firsthand. Um, we had, uh, after the big 400,000 member group got shut down, we tried to be extremely cautious about what we used that particular platform for. Stand Up Michigan, I encouraged them to use this other platform that's called Locals. It's censorship free, it's right. members only. That's where they post the controversial stuff. So they were very specific about not putting certain information on there just to stay afloat because they were playing in their sandbox, right? We determined not to say anything about the election prior to the election. That was my advice because that's going to immediately get us shut down. So we didn't. Uh, we, we really were just using the Facebook. We had a Facebook group of 120,000 members and a Facebook page of 101,000 members. And we were pretty much using those to promote merchandise that we were selling, to drive traffic to the website, to let people know about events that were coming. It was very vanilla. Yeah. The day after the election, both pages got shut down, gone forever. No, like you're suspended for 30 days, just gone. No reason why, no warning. And then we found out in the coming week that over 200 conservative Facebook accounts were deleted the day after the election. Right. Not, they were all, and they, 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 the, what, what was in common is they were all conservative groups, 100%. And so they didn't want people talking about whatever was going on behind the scenes. Right. So that is incredible power. Right. And for them to just to say, it's Gestapo. All of this of is misinformation. Yeah. So we're just going to eliminate it. And so if a church thinks that that won't or can't happen to them, or not even that it can't, that that's not the exact agenda of what they're trying to do is control what your church puts out, then they are, they're not paying attention. Right. So be cautious, yeah. be careful. So it's, it's a danger socially for your kids. It's a danger for you, you know, addictively. It's, it could be threat to your, your marriage. It, it could be good or bad for your business, uh, political social ideals, but definitely we're talking about the souls of men. That that now as they enter this religious realm, we have to be aware. Pastor Jason, what would you say to other pastor and ministry leaders about this? Because you use Facebook effectively, but what what would you say to to people? Yeah, it, it can't be the point. You have to know who you are, what you're accomplishing, and it's simply a vehicle that is an extension of what you're already doing. It's but it's a it, golf it's a golf club in the golf bag of tools for ministry. It's not the ba the whole thing. It's not the bad. Yeah. And so it can't the be the only way to get the message. It can't be defined by it nor, or, or influenced by it. I mean, I know our policy, we broadcast all our services on Facebook and uh, Tony and his uh, guys help us with that. And we never, we don't censor anything. In other words, we don't say, well, that probably wasn't a good Facebook sermon. And we just, Usually emphasize those ones. Yeah, we, we, we highlight <laughs> we it. We make but, little clips. <laughs> well, because for us, we utilize it as a tool for people to see what, you know, we're telling our own story. Right. Right. But we recognize we have to have other vehicles. I mean, so we, as an organization, have everything from digital media to print media. Yeah. I mean, we're printing newspapers still Yeah. Um, because you, you can't be exclusive. Yeah, and you yeah. got to use all those tools. They're, and, and they're all viable. Sometimes and, they're better. And in the midst of a pandemic, when some people weren't comfortable coming out, we made the services available on Facebook, yeah. but also on YouTube, on our website, and you can come to the parking lot and listen to it on the radio. Yeah. And so Facebook's not the, the one thing we're relying upon. It's just a thing we're using as long as they let us. We very yeah. much realize that there's going to come a day probably where they won't allow what we're saying to be, right. but that's all right. We have other. But on the flip side, the reason they weren't comfortable coming out was because of Facebook. 100%. Not because of what they were observing. <laughs> right. right. You know, if, if you were... Just observing your own community and you see like the black plague is coming down and 
people are you would react a different way but it wasn't by uh the the pandemic was not fueled by um what you were observing in your own community it was fueled by Propaganda. the hysteria yeah that was me that was media and yeah. then social media just yeah and i don't think the truth about the, the coronavirus pandemic or the responses were altogether accurate but the the um idea that people would look at was like, this is global. Everybody's doing this. Mm -hmm. Every government is doing this. This is Independence Day. The aliens are coming. You know, Which are we all got to respond together. And to do this with um, religion, man, you do definitely have to right. be wise. Well, and ask yourself why. Why would they? You think Facebook really is concerned about disseminating the gospel? Right. They're interested in getting the data from the churches and disseminating the information that the churches are putting out. So. Don't be naive right. to what Facebook and is. And in the wrong hands, that's a 100%. huge, I mean, the wrong hands, the Antichrist hands. You know, we got to be getting close to that because, you know, what, what else would that be for um, in, in you know, you know, data mining churches and people? Politicians like don't go door to door anymore. They don't go to a neighborhood and right. just canvas the neighborhood. They have an app, both parties, that tell them which doors to go to by the likelihood of how that that household is going to vote. Right. So they know if you ever liked a right to life post, they know then you're yeah. probably more likely Republican. Yeah. So that candidate doesn't want to, he doesn't want to yeah. waste his time arguing with people. He wants to go solidify the people that would naturally vote for him. Yeah. So they go to those doors and they, they have the list. I've seen the, the, the digital maps. And so same thing's gonna happen with yeah. churches. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll connect you with the right thing. You know, the technology allows you to say have Bible study software and then that Bible study software s starts to suggest things to you and so you can never lose the skill of having a Bible and a piece of 100%. paper and, and a couple like a concordance or something you can never lose that skill because it all influences uh, your thought. and I think the same thing's true that Facebook's gonna come up with a product that churches are like man I can just sit here and, I, and it, it offers me Bible software and I can do it and what's gonna happen is Everyone trying to think they're getting ahead or making something work, they're all going to be the same. It's, it's going to take everybody's just ultimately going to be the same thing. And they're going to well, redefine the win. And there are a lot of people in this world that think digital everything is better. Yeah. And so even people that are going to be accepting of this are not even because of the evil behind it, but they're going to think, well, it's certainly better. I can reach more people digitally, yeah. so why would I not do this? And that's a trap in and of itself. And I have people ask me, you know, quite often, should I have Facebook? Why not have Facebook? As an individual user, and I've had businesses. You know, I've had businesses in the last year say, I don't want my stuff on Facebook anymore. Right. And I encourage them, listen, it's still a free tool to put yeah. stuff out there if you're not relying upon it, but still post your burger of the week on there or whatever. Yeah. I mean, why not? But it's it's a good tool, but it's like a gun. Yeah. A gun could be a good tool and it could be a horrible tool depending exactly. on who's behind it. Facebook you know, now has some people behind it that everybody agree are evil and terrible. And so we have to be careful about the tool. And that's why I tell the individual persons, you know, your mom and dad used to say to you, don't believe everything you hear on TV. Yeah. I say, certainly don't believe everything you read on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Be careful, be cautious, use yeah. it to share pictures of your kids and your yeah. family, but don't, don't rely on it for your source of news and information because it's not there. I, I encourage folks to get a hold of us online. Ask uh, Tony from AZ Business Solutions about usage of social media ask pastor georges if you're a pastor if you're a religious institution about what he does uh, for that 
All right, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to check us out at BibleNation.org. We're on YouTube and Facebook, and of course, we want to hear from you. Thanks again, and remember, the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven, and it works. 